Thank you so much, Alex and Lorinda, for beautiful song. Amen. I'm thankful we can abide under his wings. Amen. How many uh, were able to listen to the President's State of the Union address? Did anybody listen to it? A handful, a handful. I didn't, actually. Um, Does anybody know how long it was? Because I'm in competition. (laughs) No. About an hour and a half? Well, good, good. I'll do my best not to be that long, but no promises. <laughs> General Superintendent Schaefer, members, regular attendees, visitors, and friends, it is my great pleasure to be able to stand before you this morning as your pastor, as it always is. I consider it a tremendous pleasure to be your shepherd. You're constantly in my thoughts and prayers, and it is my prayer that God will lead us this year into the future. As you are aware, it is customary during this time of year for the president to give his State of the Union address. The governor gave her State of the Union address just last month. These elected officials believe it is their job to lay out where the union or the state is and to cast a vision for the future is the burden of my heart as your elected pastor to do the same concerning our church. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 paints with words a glorious picture of the church. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision, and the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. A year and a half ago, I came as a stranger, though a brother in Christ. I did not know you, your denomination, or your values. You did not know me, my family, or my vision. It still amazes me how God brought us together. God broke down several barriers. Concerns we had about moving so far from family and friends, going to a place where we did not know anyone, and going from homeschooling to the Bible school. On your end, you could only go by what my references said about me and what a weekend together could reveal. Let's be honest, trial sermons are usually the best sermons I have. You had no way of knowing how long-winded I could be, how ornery I could be, or how many weeks I can stay with a psalm on a Wednesday night. (laughs) I did not know how much we would come to love each one of you. 
the experiences of the last year and a half. First, we've experienced grace. During this past year, we have had souls seeking God around our altar. Now, I'm not satisfied. We need to see more people saved, but I would be ungrateful if I did not acknowledge that that help has been received around our altar in these past 18 months. I'm thankful for each soul that has sought God, whether for salvation, sanctification, assurance, healing, or to, uh, to deepen their commitment to God or help during trials. Our altar is a sacred place, a place where any of us can find help and strength. It's one of the reasons I invite you to pray with me around the altar on Wednesday nights. I don't want us to ever become afraid of the altar. We've experienced growth besides adding the Morford family. We've added the Rummel family, the Mincer family, and many others as regular attendees this past year and a half. We are thankful for each one that has joined our fellowship. We've experienced glory. God has visited us many times this past 18 months. We've enjoyed the ministry and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I sense him this morning. God has blessed during testimony and special song, and the impromptu healing service we had is a special memory that I treasure. I don't know. We've experienced giving. You all are amazing givers. We were able to install new coated door locks, new bookshelves, a new heating and cooling unit was added to my office. We were able to purchase a new hot water heater for the parsonage when the old one broke down. We've met all of our bills, donated to missions and the Bible school, given to the conference, and much more without worrying about where the money was going to come from. This church is a giving church. I could not recount all the special giving either. The baby showers, pastor appreciation gifts, Christmas gifts to the Parsonage family, meals brought in, labor donated, cards sent, the Christmas programs, the live nativities, the special meals and snacks, the, and so much more that you've done to be a blessing. I commend each one of you that have been a part of this ministry. I might get in trouble for this, but I'm going to try to publicly commend those who've given of their time over these past several months. Jimmy and Alex have never told me no. Anything I ask, they say yes. I really appreciate that, though I often feel guilty for asking them because I know they're going to say yes. Brother Bob and Trey and Wes have filled in for me when I've been gone. Lorinda works hard at putting our special music together. Chase takes care of our sound and our website. Rocky fills in on sound worked on the, and worked on the living nativity set. Brother Gary Kleins is always doing something around here, <laughs> building uh, the nativity sets and uh, working on the mowing list and shoveling and spraying for bugs and, uh, and so much more. We, we don't even know where to end. Brother John is always building and installing and helping in various ways, and he too was one that I could spend a long time sharing what he has done for us as a church. Brother Bob keeps our church clean, and it is always clean, isn't it? Sister Vaughn does a fantastic job of making our sanctuary look great with her decorating ability. 
We appreciate that. Sister Bonnie and Sister Peggy and both Sister Ruth have brought in so many meals for us. Sister Jennifer has headed up our living nativity and did a fantastic job. Sister Amy and Sister Lorenda did an amazing job with our Christmas programs. And Sister Ruth Kleins is an amazing secretary treasurer. Let me tell you, that's a job that is often thankless and one that probably should be paid top dollar. She keeps us out of trouble with the law. Keeps me out of trouble, too. Brother Larry does our bulletins week in and week out. Brother Rasmussen has worked on our mowers. Brother Gary Skank and Brother Doyle and Brother Gary Kleins and Brother John serve the church as very well as board members. I cannot tell you how much unity that we have on, on the board. I'm not sure that we've ever had a vote that hasn't been unanimous. Sister Denise and Sister Susan organized so many of our meals. They do so amazing. I've not even spoken of our amazing Sunday school teachers who give weekly of their time and talents to teach their classes or the many who play their instruments or special songs. We are a blessed church. If I've forgotten to mention you, I truly am sorry, but please know that your labors have not been forgotten by the Lord. I believe with all my heart we would be less if you were not a part of our church. Your contributions make our church possible. You have met every physical need of the Parsonage family. Our home is beautiful and warm. The children receive new bicycles, which they really enjoy. The new washer and dryer have gotten a lot of use. The financial gift to us as we were planning our trip to New York was a tremendous blessing. We are blessed to be your pastor. I know I say that often, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. But we've also experienced grief. Not everything in this past year has been positive. We've had to say goodbye to the Petersons, and though we're happy about the money of the Lord, it was with a heavy heart that we let him go. Another sadness was the passing of Brother Mahan. I'm so glad he was honored by the publishing committee before his passing. I'm so thankful that he was willing to give his testimony on a Wednesday night. I believe Dana was able to video it. and What a treasure for the family. The essentials for this present year. We need to continue to have compassion among the saints. One of the things that marked the early church is that everyone gave to those who were in need. Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. We do a good job of this. Many send cards, organize parties, and stay after service for fellowship. The board has started a new fund in our treasury. We're calling it the Helping Hands Fund. This is designed to be a place where we can help those in need without having to ask for special offerings whenever there is a need. When someone has a need, the board determines if we should help and how much to give. This also allows for the need to remain relatively private so that no one is embarrassed. We would encourage you to give towards that. 
we need to continue to have concern for sinners. The world sees the church as judgmental, hateful, and uncaring. Some of this is without cause. Some of it is because they misunderstand it, understand us, and some of it is due to our lack of showing true love. What is our function within our community? What do we offer Altima, Kansas? Why should anyone from the community choose our church? All around us is a lost world. Each of us have loved ones that do not know the Lord. I'm thankful for those who've come a half hour before the evening service for a prayer. It is by prayer that we are going to make a difference. Our VBS, Fishing Derby, and Christmas Caroling Ministries endeavor to let our community know that we care about them. We have worked to make these ministries even more effective. Our VBS now has a sign-up sheet that allows us to gather important information. On the first night alone, 28% of the children in our VBS were in foster homes. At the Fishing Derby, we handed out VBS flyers for the first time, and also our website is new. Our Sunday services can be attended via live stream, and we archive the sermons. Many of you, when you have had to miss, have been able to use this ministry. My mother-in-law, when she's been unable to attend services due to her health, has joined us via live stream. This is a tremendous blessing not only to our community, but to anyone in the world who has internet access. We need more conviction in the sanctuary. Conviction is a gift given to us by the Holy Spirit. We can't manufacture it, but we can't hinder it. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. If we want God to move in our services, let us consider first our attendance. It's a popular heresy today to say that we do not need church attendance. And while it is true that we can worship God anywhere, and you can find it easier to do so at home, on the internet, or in nature, Hebrews 10.25 strictly warns us against forsaking church attendance. It is not enough to simply show up, but you have to participate. Your mind and spirit must be here as well as your physical body. Atmosphere. This should be a place of worship. God should take center stage. Anything that would distract or deter from that needs to be reduced to a minimum. We should sing lustily. May I encourage you again to lift up your hands during the singing? I don't want to embarrass anyone, but the psalmist commanded us in the 134th division in the second verse, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Paul told Timothy, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It was a tremendous blessing to see our young people at youth camp who were raising their hands in the worship. Kelsey and Morgan often raised their hands in the service. Should our children and young people lead us? Let it not be so. Worship must not be passive. It must be entered into actively. Further, let us minimize distractions. This includes turning our cell phones off, or at least on vibrate, minimize bathroom trips and conversing with our neighbors. I tread carefully here, but there are many who have allowed their cell phone to distract them in the service. I know some listen better when they have something else to do while they're listening, I, but please be careful that it does not keep you from 
or the people sitting next to you from hearing God. I'm not important, and what I have to say isn't. But the Holy Spirit is important, and what He has to say is. Can you hear His voice? Attitude. Do we come to church cheerfully with expectation, or do we come begrudgingly? Do we look forward to worship, or do we dread it? Is Sunday the best day of the week? Is God's presence the thing you most long for when you come? Is the ride to church filled with idle talk, or is it filled with prayer and praise? We lay the foundation for the worship service in the time before service begins. Do we use it wisely? Action. Obedience to the voice of God is paramount. But are we actively listening for God's voice? Oftentimes we miss the voice of God in our loud and busy lives. Let us be both hearers and doers of God's will. Elements of a prosperous year. You know that I believe that God has big plans for us. If we're going to be all that God wants us to be as a church, there are a few things we must possess. First, there must be an acknowledgement. We must acknowledge that we can do nothing without God's help. Our church cannot grow. I cannot preach. We cannot survive. We are utterly dependent upon the Lord. We won't grow just because we want to. We cannot rely on our own talents. Our only hope is the help of the Lord. There must be an appetite for the things of God. We must rend from our hearts anything that would become an idol. Whatever occupies your mind the most becomes your God. Worries, if indulged, develop in to idols. Anxiety gains a life of its own, parasitically infesting our minds. Break free from this bondage by affirming our trust in the Lord and refreshing ourselves in His presence. What goes on in our minds is invisible, undetected uh, by other people, but God reads our thoughts continuously, searching for evidence of trust in Him. Guard your thoughts diligently, Good thought choices will keep you hungry for the things of God. There must be an awareness of the needs around us. Do you see a way that you can be a blessing? Do you see a ministry that needs to be started? Do you see a volunteer who's weary and well-doing? Can you encourage them? Can you be a blessing? Do you see improvements that need to be made in our buildings? When you see these things, do you know how to help? There must be an advancement. We must keep moving forward. If we stop, we'll soon be going backwards. What is ahead for our, the church? To be honest, so many of us are so busy with our families and work, and we already do so much for the church, and I would dare not ask more from you. We'd like to see more people from our community to come and make our church their home. Is there someone we could invite could we bring someone to church in our own vehicles? Are there neighbor children who could benefit from our Sunday school? Elements of a prudent year. There are five questions that, that must guide us as we move forward as a church. These five questions were often uh, maybe not dealt with per se in this manner, but often we talk about them in, uh, in our board meetings. 
The first question is, do we have a balance between mission and morale? Do we have a balance between mission and morale? If we have only mission and no morale, then we get weary. And if all we have is morale and no mission, we're a country club, not a church. We often talk about, in our board meetings, about not wearying our volunteers. Question number two, what is our encouragement level around here? Are we encouraged or discouraged? The things that encourage us we should do more of and the things that discourage us we should do less of. The greatest responsibility I have as your pastor is to be encouraged. For if I get discouraged for too long, it'll become an infection that'll discourage the whole church. And your greatest responsibility to the church is to stay encouraged. Discouragement is more contagious than just about anything. Question number three. Are we operating from a fresh vision from God? And is it hot enough? Is our vision for our church from God or is it from ourselves? Is it what we want or is it what God wants? Question number four. Are we unleashing compassion? In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, tells us about the disciples and how they added to the church daily. And they give us this formula. Started with good works. They gave to those that had need. Which those good works begat goodwill. The people began to eat bread with them and began to think highly of them. And finally they were able to share the good news. The problem is, is we often get this mixed up. We try to start with the good news. We tell people where they're wrong and their sins in their life before we've ever built goodwill by our good deeds. We need to learn from the apostles. Good deeds begets goodwill. Goodwill gives us an opportunity to share the good news. Do we still believe God is big enough to show up and do something extraordinary? We need some miracles around here. We've had a few, haven't we? Some tremendous answers to prayer. Healings of bodies. Church roofs that got paid 100%. Or not church roofs, house, house uh, roof. But we need some more miracles. Lives changed. You know, no one votes against a miracle. And I'm asking God to increase our faith and let us ask him for things that we would know that he alone was capable of doing it. I ask you, is there anything you're doing right now in your life that you would fail miserably if God did not step in and help you? 
So oftentimes our faith is low because we've not put our faith to the test. What is the state of Altamont Holiness Church? She's alive and well. She's done great things for God. She is doing great things for God. And she will continue to do great things for God. But she is also a work in progress. We've not arrived. But we are striving and growing together. And we're trying to serve God as best we can. God being our helper, we will take another step closer to God in this coming year. Next week in this evening service, the board and I want to hear your questions and concerns. We want to know what your desire for our church is. We want to know how we can better serve you and our community. I believe that the only way forward is for us to work together to make an eternal difference in the lives of those around us. State of the church. The state of the church is well today, but it's up to us to make sure that it's well tomorrow. Amen. I invite you to stand with me. Amen. Brother Shaper, would you please dismiss us in prayer? Draw us closer, Lord, that we might do our part.